I V M. You're listening to the Cricket Walla Chronicles with Ayaz Memon. Hi, this is Pooja from the Fan Garage, and you're listening to the Cricket Walla Chronicles with Ayaz. As we recount some of the controversies that have hit the Indian Premier League, it's only befitting that we discuss the mother of them all, the big and very, very in-your-face Lalit versus Srini battle. Ayaz, before we can get to any of that, I think it's only fair that we recount for our listeners, how did Lalit Modi, the son of a big, rich industrialist, come into being the powers of cricket in, in, in the corridors of cricket? Uh, Pooja, before we come to Lalit, I, I, I'm assuming that when you say Srini, you mean N. Srinivasan. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the informality had, may have a lot of people stumped. <laughs> but obviously, Lalit Modi versus N. Srinivasan is one amongst the biggest stories, not just in, in cricket or Indian cricket, but in sport anywhere. Yeah, and you it know, shook it was, up cricket globally, It shook really. up cricket globally. So, I think, the, you know, these are pivotal personalities in that conflict or in whatever happened in Indian cricket in the last 10-15 years. But uh, Lalit Modi is a very key and very central figure, as we know, uh, for the kind of role he played in the formation of the IPL. And then, of course, subsequently, all the drama that had, uh, you know, surrounded him and finally his, uh, you know, passage away from India. And right. now that he's ensconced somewhere in Europe, England, they say, but he could be touring. Wherever. Absolutely, yes. But... What kind of a person was Lalit Modi? You know, I think that's your that's the crux of your question. Yes. I think that in my mind he was a great impresario, he became one with the with the formation of the Indian Premier League. He was hugely ambitious. He wanted to do something in sport and certainly around cricket because that's the mother of all sports in India. He came back from the US kind of his sights trained on doing something in sport. You might remember that he became the youngest vice president of the BCCI. Yes, of he course. Had, he had money clout, obviously. Yeah. Uh, he had strong connections in the Rajasthan Cricket Association uh, through business links and otherwise maybe right. through ancestral links. He also brought, as you know, ESPN into India. Yes. You know, he was a pioneer in that sense of television, sports television coverage in India. Right. That arrangement didn't last long. But I think instead of kind of demoralizing him, it left him even hungrier to get involved in sport and in cricket particularly. Yeah. That's where he got into the BCCI, its politics and I think he really came into his own in the in the period between say 2004 and 2007, 8, which is when there was a whole, you know, groundswell of movement against Jagmohan Dalmia, the then president and, you know, uh, Sharad Pawar wanting to become the BCCI president for the first time. There's a whole kind of lobby which had built up against Jagmohan Dalmia which included Sharad Pawar of course yeah. as the as the man chasing the, the hot seat right. and Srinivasan Shashank Manohar and obviously Lalit Modi Lalit Modi was in that sense because he was so much younger than all of them yeah. was seen as the major doer and you know action man yeah. in, in, in this whole drama and therefore he got kind of into this groove of being I won't use the word fixer uh, pejoratively, but as a fixer, a person who could fix things in the BCCI for not just himself, but for the people he worked along with or he was in, you know, in cahoots with for that period of time. Right. Now, that might change, you know, as we know, the dynamics of BCCI politics are very, very fluid. And therefore, those 
arrangements, the allegiances, they all changed over the period of time. And as per convenience. Really. As per convenience. Yes. And as per what the situations warranted. Dem- demands at that time. Demands. Yeah. And also driven by a lot of self-interest. For sure, yes. Let's, let's keep that in mind. So, Srinivasan and Lalit Modi, at one time thick as thieves, so to speak, <laughs> very thick with each other, yes. working together, especially at the formation of the IPL, Correct. suddenly fall out so badly that they become sworn and bitter enemies. Right. And... How this drama pans out is amongst the most glorious or inglorious chapters that you might call it in the history of the BCCI. But I think we must take it in phases, his his career. So becoming the vice president of the, the BCCI was a big step for him. Back in 2005, yeah. And he wanted to get into the power game of the BCCI, I think, to see his own vision through. I mentioned, I think, in an earlier program, uh, uh, or uh, you know, when, when we were discussing Lalit briefly as a digression, I mentioned that the proposal that he made for the IPL actually had a, you know, similar proposal to what he had formulated in the year 1999-2000, if I remember correctly. T20 cricket hadn't come into being. It was about one-day cricket. It was a league, a global league, played along the lines of what the IPL was, yes. but involving one-day cricket. Right. And because he had modelled it on the lines of, uh, you know... American sport, which he was otherwise, NBA. you know... So he yeah. had that game plan in mind. Right. Uh, he obviously understood marketing and sales better than all the other guys who were in the BCCI at that point in time. Yes. So he was very confident that he could make it lucrative, but he couldn't change the minds of the fuddy-duddy officials in the BCCI. Right. I think he got more traction... When somebody like a Sharad Pawar came in and a Srinivasan became powerful. Because Sharad Pawar, though he was much older, also has a very savvy and a very contemporary mind where, you know, making scaling things up is concerned. Yes. You know, as we've seen, including in his politics. <laughs> uh, you know, but in, in, in when he when he when he's been been president of the Mumbai Cricket Association yeah. or when he subsequently became president of the BCCI, we saw how he took the game or at least made made the game bigger yeah a lot of he pe- understands the pulse of the of of the people of what ticks of what works yes correct Shoto Srinivasan, who came from a very strong business background i mean he is the managing director of india cement so he knew what brands are correct. how to build up brands right. how to influence you know parts of how the growth of the game which will bring in more revenue and stuff like that so this was a very good coterie which formed and there was a legal brain Shashank Manur who also was very close to Sharad Pawar and therefore became close to Srinivasan and therefore also close to Lalit Modi it's a different matter that they all fell out bitterly (laughs) later in subsequent years Uh, otherwise actually originally his biggest friend was uh, I.S. Bindra and if you remember correctly I mean you you might remember not remember correctly you might remember this that when he lost in the Rajasthan Cricket Association elections when, you know, things started saring for him. Yes. He could still retain his place in the BCCI scheme of things because... He Punjab, was associated with P- PCA, that's right. Punjab Cricket Association supported him, Correct. which was Mr. Bindra. Yes. And even now till, you know... He is part of the I Love Lalit Club, clearly. He yes. is part of the I Love Lalit Club, very clearly. Yes. So, just this is just kind of a background as to what Lalit Modi was and the kind of person he was. I think he was... You know, he was very aggressive in his pursuit of, you know, whatever he wanted to do. Uh, a lot of people might argue that that was for, uh, it was very self-centered. But I think you also have to judge it by what he achieved. And also then subsequently by all the kind of things that went wrong. Yes. You know, it's, there's no uh, black picture about him or a white picture. I think it's 
massive shades of grey in between as you study uh, the Lalit Lalit Modi impression yeah. the impact he's left on left on indian cricket yes but you know even then i mean in a short span from 2005 in 2007 to go on to announce a new t20 league in india 2008 we see the launch and birth of ipl in in a revolutionary manner auctions and you know this mega coming together of cricket and po- business and bollywood and and business and and, and politicians and where did it where did it all start going wrong then i mean what happened that in 2010 you know he sort of uh, went on a self imposed exile so to speak you know i think look he kick started the ipl with support from the the bcci i mean he was not the president of the bcci yes but he took the lead he was the impresario as i mentioned yes, he conceptualized it yeah com- he conceptualized it and he was the commissioner appointed he for was a the period of 5 years and he had the energy to su- to see through the execution when i look back i don't think anybody else could have done it I agree at that point in time yes. you know so he had the pizzazz he had the energy he had the vision the breadth of vision yeah. to understand what would work in a change or a changing rapidly changing india right. uh, you know he borrowed ideas from the us especially in the marketing of a league which is fair enough absolutely uh, you know, nothing should, wrong with it absolutely yeah. there's nothing wrong with it and remember there was a sense of urgency then because the icl had already kicked been, off been announced yes. so he had to do something to upstage the icl i mean not just upstage to overwhelm it correct so that the ipl becomes the biggest sports property that there is right so what happened was a because of the kind of person he is he is known to be uh, you know autocratic in his methods and his ways which he has not shied away from to admitting right but at that point in time the bcci officials were even willing to give him a long enough rope because there was nobody else who could do the kind of things that he was doing right so he was you know invested in with a lot of power these powers were sweeping powers yeah. in the choice of teams the kind of rules that would be made in consultation with other people but seeing through this whole agenda of the ipl and uh, you know anybody has any issue or an objection or a suggestion or whatever it would finally land up on lalit modi's desk correct he had to address it i mean he he worked like a man possessed he was he? like a 24 by 7 man you know, he never slept yes you know and uh, and just as an aside you might remember that when he was when he fell foul yeah. one of the problems that he faced was paying a bill at the four seasons hotel in mumbai where he had an office for well 8 70 80 days or 90 days absolutely yeah and you know the bcci said where is the money who's going to pay for this <laughs> right you know? yeah but not in previous seasons when he was when he had similar clout but he was you know their favorite boy right so i think somewhere the power also went to him because he perhaps felt he is the be all and end all of the league and therefore nobody should question him and the people who had vested so much power in him suddenly started feeling powerless and therefore they said hey this is still the bcci this is our ship yeah the ipl is a subset of the bcci right though it's the flavor of the year or the season or for the next few seasons and it's a cash cow right. and there was this little jockeying for power that had begun i think i suspect from the first year itself okay. it manifested itself far more dramatically in subsequent in years, years come, yeah. in the years to come yeah. and then all kinds of issues that had been kind of buried or were below the surface started coming up right and as we know that the biggest trigger was the you know the two new teams that were added in season 2010 yes the third uh, season of ipl the third season of the ipl when right. kochi and pune teams came were to be were announced two new teams yeah and there was a lobby within the bcci which wanted kochi there was a lobby headed by uh, uh, lalit modi or at least driven by lalit modi which didn't want kochi right 
they wanted somebody else yes maybe a gujarat or whoever else right. you know yeah and he because he felt himself so powerful and invincible and you know somebody who kind of controls everything in the in the in the IPL in a sense he was also a control freak yeah you know and because he had got his way for 3 years 3 seasons and remember his clout got enhanced in the second year when he took the IPL to South Africa in yeah. 2009 yeah. he against you know the powers that be and against all odds against in all odds and three odd huge, weeks he staged the biggest event success of it yes. so he became an even more powerful figure correct and when this the two new teams were added and there was you know crossed wires within the BCCI and a tug of war happening there he made the you know i don't think it was an impulse i think in his own mind it was well calculated i'm sure i mean so he tweeted the ownership pattern of the kochi team right which obviously then involved polit- you know it involved a lot Th- of big wigs big wigs and, and yes. you know shashi tharoor's name came in not as a owner but somebody who he knew correct uh, you know was a friend of his then yes was to be given a stake and stuff like that and it became a massive controversy it became not just a cricketing controversy it became a political controversy right and the biggest issue where the bcci was concerned and that's where they nailed him so to speak was that he had you know caused a breach of trust by revealing the ownership pattern in the public platform that's not how the bcci's or the ipl's rules was were formed or well yeah i mean it's forged. one thing to have rules but you know i mean with any power circles it's a cozy club and no one sort of squeals on each other correct and the and the manner in which it was done a there is a sense of confidentiality yeah you know there is a platform on which you will expose or you will reveal ownership patterns subsequently all the franchises had to reveal yes. their ownership patterns right uh, and we saw a lot of the other teams coming under the lens under it? the lens and a lot of them were actually forged by lalit modi himself <laughs> yes you know or formed right. whether he played a proactive role or not is a different matter but yeah. he, some were friends some were relatives some some places you know the only well, pattern well he was clearly the master orchestrator behind so the... you could say that he wanted to get it off the ground so he did what he could right. but when his power was threatened when his hold and his grip on the ipl was threatened because of the internecine politics in the bcci he took to social media to give vent to yeah. his uh, you know unhappiness perhaps yeah. it was a strategy which he thought might work in his favor yeah. it didn't right it didn't and it massively blew up in his face right did he I, i mean i'm not sure if he saw what was coming next but we'll take a quick short break over here ayaz we'll be back in just a minute hi this is pooja here with from the fan garage and you're back listening to the cricket wala chronicles with ayaz Of course we're talking about the biggest controversy to have hit Indian cricket and and cricket in at, in the world Lalit Modi versus N Srinivasan but you know we're talking about 2010 and Lalit of course uh revealing the ownership patterns and his waterloo moment so to speak and where where did that whole thing sort of take off from there i mean how it led to his ouster from india Srinivasan coming to power and then we says then we see Srinivasan himself getting out you know falling out well Srinivasan went out in 2014 yes. you know lalit's uh, problems began in 2010 right. and uh, just got kept getting worse and worse of yeah. course he wasn't here to kind of feel the heat directly he yes. was living overseas but even so but it hasn't stopped him hasn't, from being trigger happy and you know sort of going well, he's, on he's the, also battling for a for clearing his own name personal name the other is for you know in some ways looking at a comeback route yeah. into indian cricket yeah. uh, because 
is just otherwise completely disconnected. You know, he's been expelled from the BCCI. Right. But what happened, I think, is in 2010, sensing the fallout of that tweet, the political fallout as well as within the BCCI. Right. The, you know, uh, the the kind of pressures and uh, problems that existed between members, especially in the, uh, you know, the, the in the highest authorities like the IPL chairman Srinivasan, who was to become. Uh, subsequently, the the president of the uh, BCCI, BCCI right. or Shashank Manohar, yeah. who was also to take over as the BCCI president the first time, not yes. the second time. Yes, these all came out into the open, right. and Lalit Modi's friends became his enemies, so to speak. Yeah. So N. Srinivasan, who was seen to be or perceived to be very close to him, yeah. became one of his big enemies. So did Shashank Manohar. In fact, Shashank Manohar was the president when he had to leave the country. Right. And Srini only came, Srini Srinivasan came, came in later. later. Yes. But by that time, Shashank Manohar and Srinivasan were on one side. Right. So, you know, <laughs> this is all a topsy-turvy situation in yeah. BCCI politics, but it keeps happening all the time. Too many and permutations when, to keep track of. That's when Lalit Modi also decided that he must kind of reveal what all has been going on. Right. And that's where the murky politics and murky decision-making in the BCCI came out. For instance, N. Srinivasan being allowed to own a team in the IPL was a conflict of interest as has been widely after, reported yes no, and then after a protracted you know uh, controversy which yes. then sucked in even the supreme court right. finally it's been told that this was a conflict of interest but however that is all cleared by the you know managing committee of the bcci to the point that the constitution of the bcci was amended correct yes you know and they, just by the, the, he was then the treasurer and yeah. he said I will vacate the room you all take a decision <laughs> right. and he came back and they said yes yes you can own a team Right. then for instance he revealed how you know observers were changed to involve matches between India and some other country when he became the president or how Andrew Flintoff yeah. was uh, you know that kind of auction was sort of rigged, so to speak. Rigged so N. Srinivasan could buy him so, for CSK. Yes, so as, as a man in power, how he was fiddling around or exploiting his power nefariously yes. is what Lalit Modi wanted to show. But I think what happened in this whole drama, which was spread over three, four years, is A, it showed not just bickering, but the power play at work for personal interests and personal gains. Whether it was for money or just for the sake of power is a... You know, it depends from situation to situation. Yeah. But it showed how the BCCI, in fact, while it's a very well-run sports body even now, was within its own composition still not forged together well enough or strong enough to stand scrutiny. So let me give you an example. When you had the IPL, you had the governing council. Yeah. The governing council was made up of the Cozy Club. <laughs> right. Which included the president and then it included the treasurer and it included the secretary and yeah. two, three vice presidents. And no player representative. No player representative, no franchise representative. Right. They In, in the origin, original scheme of things, they incorporated three famous names from Indian cricket. Yeah. Mansoor Ali Khan Pataudi, Sunil Gavaskar and Ravi Shastri yeah. to keep at bay more questions being asked about them. Right. But frankly, none of these players and they were getting paid. This was not an honorary job. Yes. They were being paid a crore or Two crore, two crore of rupees every year. Yeah. Uh, when issues came up, when controversies came up, they had very little to contribute because they were in there as faces and fronts to show that the IPL 
is all about cricket and these guys are there they may have had major inputs to put where uh, you know the technical aspects of the game right. or the tournament are yeah. concerned they would have had a part to play but surely it was a i watch so to speak yeah. yeah but when it came down and therefore the point is that the governing council had no checks and balances within itself yeah it was just a you know yo yo ye ye club where <laughs> they looked at things how if there's a controversy let's circumvent it yeah. or let's sandpaper it right you know and then get on ahead and that's how it worked till 2010 you know it just kind of blew up in their faces and then you found out that patawdi you know who was still alive then yes. backed off yeah. because they they wanted to make this job honorary which was not what what it was for him originally correct and i think he had also sensed that frankly as players they were offering nothing to the mm-hmm. to the league in terms of being part of the governing council sunil gavaskar has is still fighting a thing about that he's not been paid money right when he was told that he would be paid money correct even if it was informal right shastri was the only one who continued yeah when he was played and uh, paid and when he was not paid right the formation of the governing council gives is a telltale story of how it was not robust at all the 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 ipls how do i put it the the foundation right. you know in terms of running the tournament it's not in the success of the tournament but if there were issues how to address it you know and therefore it worked on the first couple of years it worked on the charisma of a lalit modi and his yeah. brash and brazen ways which everybody admired yeah. you either hated him or you loved him Correct. but you couldn't ignore him right and obviously the political maneuvering of uh, the, the 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 finesse of a sharad pawar or a shashank manohar or an n srinivasan srinivasan and manohar more particularly because they were old handed bcci politics yes. but when the friction became amongst themselves then everything started to fall apart ingloriously and rapidly yeah and therefore you had you know lalit modi sitting in the uk or somewhere else and kind of firing uh, bullets at tweet Indian, after tweet, tweet after tweet <laughs> which are like bullets yeah. aimed at bcci officials or including some politicians in yes, india yes absolutely because yeah. uh, remember politicians were also part of the governing council and the bcci yeah you know arun jetli was the vice president of the bcci yeah i mean reading lalit modi's twitter timeline is like a uh the biggest entertaining book if i may say i mean he he claims to have kept a record of every free ticket and seat that he's which had. he may have yes of course so he took on politicians he took on media people he took on players he took on obviously the board officials who were arranged against him yes he supported uh aditya verma of the bihar cricket association which Correct. was also banned yes. in fighting shrinivasan and he fought for fight fought for two or three years yeah and has confessedly you know. sort of funded that legal battle but the shrinivasan Lalit Modi mat- mat- battle became even more and more bitter as time went by because I think somewhere even Lalit Modi sensed after Srini had become president yeah. that he's very different from everybody else you know he could be diabolical enough to kind of eliminate me completely from the board politics yeah. or from the BCCI or from Indian cricket so he his responses or his attacks also became sharper right. more frequent and it became into a you know a tutu meme which at one stage Srinivasan took the position I don't want to respond to people who are who have fled the country or against right. whom there is an enforcement directed notice who are fugitives or fugitives yes except unfortunately for Srinivasan in 2013 the spot fixing scam broke which yeah. involved his team yeah. his son-in-law son-in-law yes and frankly then there was no room to run and it just emboldened and empowered Lalit Modi even further absolutely yeah i mean was the and i think Srini tried to fight it tooth and nail through legal technicalities, legal remedies which he could gather, but yeah. it all went in vain. You know, to cut a long story short, yeah. and it made Lalit Modi, even in absentia, a more potent force and a more relevant 
kind of well clearly it was the fuel that he needed to keep this fire burning right it, yes but what he kept saying added to the understanding of how deep rooted the issues or the problems had become yes. suppose lalit modi had just kept quiet yeah. srinivasan may have fallen we wouldn't in. have got and, and for that matter the supreme court wouldn't have wouldn't got have so got many so insights insight yes. exactly yeah, my point true. yes now as as the situation stands today i don't think it has helped lalit modi terribly to come back into indian cricket hmm. he still remains you know away from the country yes. uh, there is red corner notice or a blue corner notice or whatever you know against him yes. uh, in violations of foreign FEMA exchange and fema and, and, yes. and whatever That's so many right. other cases he yeah. says these are all manufactured and doctored however they are there yeah. is the government of india versus him right uh, what he did succeed in was virtually scuttling enchinivasan's career as a cricket administrator in india correct uh, i mean we all know that anything and everything is possible in indian cricket he might come back but at least you know he brought him down you know he just destroyed the edifice that srinivasan was sitting on uh by his attacks but not not because he had done anything but it just the, the fire started in srinivasan's backyard itself with his son in law uh, you know being uh, involved in the spot fixing thing or allegedly involved yeah so the the good part i think that has happened since is that it got the supreme court involved it has got them involved to the extent that they had two committees sit in the yeah. mudkal some committee and then now the lodha committee the rm lodha yeah. committee yes. which has come up examined all kinds of issues threadbare from corruption to governance administration governance, everything yes how is power how does power devolve in the bcci what are the tenures of the terms who all are there how many yeah. associations and stuff like that right and in the attempt to get complete transparency what the lodha committee panel recommendations which are there so one of the things which has happened is that the bcci now cannot take the position that we are a private body and whatever we do is nobody else's concern absolutely yeah i mean that idea has long been thrown out of the window well and and decisively yes. i think the supreme court has made sure that that cannot be held as an argument any longer it may be a legal technical argument but not in public perception right which is why the bcci has found no support from the people yes the other is looking for transparency sweeping reforms i mean this already claimed one casualty shashank manohar has quit and become icc chairman right he's saying i can't do what the 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 supreme court wants me to do yes. the new president anurag thakur says it can be done to the extent i think what he's saying is that maybe i can convince the supreme court there are certain issues that you know in the in the in the quest for transparency may not be possible to do yeah at least from the bcci's point of view like ads between overs and right. stuff like that yeah but that apart i think what has happened is that how the bcci is structured how the governing council of the ipl will be in subsequent years yeah what will be the onus on people who hold positions of power whether it's secretary treasurer or now ceo as we or have ceo seen, yes are now getting better defined rather than being camouflaged in secrecy right it's not you know you can't put layers and layers of stuff which people can't penetrate right. it has to be out in the open the bcci is already now saying that whatever we do will be on the website up on our website up on yeah. our website transactions financial transactions which association is getting how much yeah. all of this is rooted in the actually in the controversy between lalit modi 
and all the all the bit of fight between Modi and Srinivasan. And Srinivasan These yes. are all offshoots of that. Correct. And therefore, I think going ahead, if one has to look at the positive aspect of it, the negative aspect is it really brought down the you know, the entire establishment. Right. And it exposed it for the shallowness and hollowness with which it was functioning. Yeah, but at the positive, it was a cleansing of sorts, which was much needed. Really, nearly it has become a cleansing issue. Yeah. You know, it was a precipitating factor in the BCCI or Indian cricket getting to be cleansed and i think that's very important going ahead for instance the one of the loda committee recommendations is that there should be a players association right the players seem to have no say yeah. in the case of indian cricket because indian cricket is so flush with money yeah. and the top 50 60 cricketers get a lot of money they have no complaints it doesn't mean that there are no complaints in you know or player concerns correct now because of this which neither shrinivasan nor lalit modi Nor Shashank Manohar, frankly, and some of the senior players, none of them advocated. They didn't want it. They wanted player power to be used as faces to mollify people or let people perceive that we are all doing we are doing things which are in good you know in good faith and good taste to have a Gavaskar or a Pataudi or a Shastri as the face. Right. But now the Supreme Court is saying no. There must be a players association and a representation on the BCCI, perhaps. Right. To make sure that. the interests of the lowest players are looked after yes earlier the bcci's position was we look after nobody is there to tell us or nobody should tell us what is and to be and nobody done. should question us so these are issues then how the ipl players auction will take place including now what has happened is that because of this rm loda justice loda panel recommendation yes. even the coach for the indian team now the bcci has put out an ad right saying those who want to apply please do and, you know please do and yes. there's obviously the june 10 deadline and then they will choose yes from it's a formal process in the past they've had multiple candidates who they've interviewed but not formalized like this and not publicly not publicly formalized yes. they would call people interested or people interested call them up and said yes. why don't you try us yes. or it would be an ad hoc appointment like it was with ravi shastri right as the he was made the team director team yeah. director yes now you've got a situation where you know players are applying uh, it's a little Unusual in Indian cricket, and I still maintain that apart from Ravi Shastri and maybe Sandeep Patel, who's you know who's also applied, the marquee names I think will be a little coy. So for I I don't know if Rahul Dravid will apply or a Saurav Ganguly or Sachin Tendulkar. Yeah. If they because you know for them it's like coming down a peg or two. Yeah. In the in their own esteem or Absolutely, the esteem of their yeah, fans. Yeah. But. From a process point of view, this may not be a bad thing to do. Right. You know, like for the post of the CEO, yeah. they invited applications, and you know now they've got a CEO in place. Yes. Amongst looking at five, six applicants, whatever it might have been. Correct. The point is that this has been a you know turmoil-ridden, highly surcharged eight, ten years in Indian cricket. Say yeah. starting from two thousand five, six when Dalm Dalmia was ousted, ousted as the yeah. as the BCCI president and Sharad Pawar came in, yes. and Indian cricket post IPL became richer by maybe a thousand crore per year, <laughs> yeah. and that's where the power stakes and the stakes of these people became even greater. Yeah, whether it's about pocketing the money or getting cuts is not the issue. It's yeah. just about being involved in the power, and being in control, being in control. Yes, you know, and running the show became an end in itself. Even that now, I think maybe it it was a. catharsis that had to be gone through yeah and something had to give and that happened with the spot fixing scam and therefore it all came out in public scrutiny in, in and how all, yeah. in, in all its ugliness <laughs> yeah uh, so that has happened now going ahead i think you know perhaps the structure of indian cricket the establishment is going to become 
cleaner, more transparent, hopefully, and obviously even better run. Uh, and all of this, actually, you can locate it in many ways into the scrap that happened between Lalit Modi and Srinivasan. Not just them, but they, yeah. they became the two strongest and the biggest figures. It was the figures. biggest milestone in the history of Indian Correct. cricket, you know. And I mean, this whole jagra that happened between <laughs> Manohar and Srinivasan and Lalit Modi and and Sharad Pawar always looming in the background yes, somewhere or yes. IS Bindra or Jagmohan Dalmia who everybody ousted in 2005 and everybody voted to bring him back in 2014 <laughs> as a consensus candidate yeah. a very sick Jagmohan Dalmia convenient ailing. power struggles yes yeah but all that has now I think kind of you know been uh, papered out you know people have become wiser the media has become more inquiring yeah absolutely you can't escape scrutiny and attention and therefore the best recourse is to set your house in order absolutely there's no denying that but of course the biggest questions remain will N. Srinivasan ever come back into Indian cricket administration or back to India absolutely, and Indian cricket absolutely I mean you know uh, two questions which everyone wants Multi, to multi-million dollar questions Pooja <laughs> for which I have no answer <laughs> but as as there's a as the popular title of I think it's an Anupam Kher play which goes na Thank you for chatting here with me, Ayas, on Cricketwala Chronicles. We'll continue this conversation and gupshap in the coming weeks. Thank you. Signing out. Cricketwala Chronicles is available on iTunes, Audioboom, YouTube, the IBM Podcast app, and many other podcasting apps that you may like. <laughs>